Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we have a very unique episode. I think this will blow your mind. Uh, I think it will unlock some things for you that will be extremely beneficial. I think this will be a, a ton of fun to listen to. I've gone through this material. I've seen one of these courses. It's fantastic. And so my guest today is Will Hughes. What's up, Will? Hey, How you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Yeah, man. Great to be here. Great to see you again. Absolutely. And so uh, just a quick intro so folks know who you are and how we met. But we worked together when you were the head of growth at Organifi. Yes. And you were there for years. You kind of saw that, you know, the, really the explosion of that brand. And it went from just a kind of a cool little brand to something really massive. And so I know that'll come out a little bit. Uh, I've I've seen this presentation, your or some of your content that you're going to go through today. I know Ezra Firestone uh, yep. saw you speak, and he immediately invited you to come to his Blue Ribbon Mastermind and present as well. And so we're talking about how to think differently to really unlock scale in your business. And so your yes. your approach, your process is called Liquid Mind. Yes. Uh, but but tell us tell us just a little bit about that, and then I want I want to get into your your background, but. Liquid Mind, what is this? Let's kind of tease this topic a little bit, and then yeah, we'll talk about your background. For sure. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm actually, I, I come with gifts. I'm going to actually do gifts, a, sort of right. a, a case example. I'm going to do some straight, hardcore learning for, for everybody listening today. So we'll get into that when you're ready. But just to paint a picture. So what I like to teach is creative thinking as a competitive advantage. So what I rail against is the copy culture, right? I, I hate that. Um, everything in the e-commerce industry with D2C brands, um, everybody's just ripping everybody else off. Right. right. There's very few originals. There's very few innovators out there. And if someone's going to launch some new you know, strategy or program in their business, you know, a new subscription program, 99 out of 100 times, they're going to find a brand that they you know, appreciate and they're going to just go rip off their stuff. And that might be the efficient thing to do. But it's... That, you know, there's such a lack of originality and innovation in doing things that way. Um, it drives me crazy. And more importantly, it leads to this oversaturation of yeah. the same type of marketing that everyone's doing the same thing, right? So right. if there's a new hot kind of video format, well, all of a sudden everyone's doing the same thing. And that dilutes the impact of what that strategy might have when everyone's just copying everybody else. And so what I teach is, um, these frameworks for business creativity and innovation, yeah. how to think differently, how to think creatively, how to have frameworks to get these big creative ideas on a much more regular basis, right? So we all have these big aha moments once or twice a year. I want to give people a, a form, a formula, a format for, um, you know, a formal thought process for getting it once or twice a month. Yeah. And the reason that matters is creativity equals innovation and innovation equals revenue. So I want to teach people to be innovators, right? That's what I'm after. Yeah, I love it. And, and you know, there's something to be said about you have to pay attention to your competitors and, and you do need to look at benchmarking and they're, sure. if they're ahead of you in certain areas. You, you may have to make some shifts, but that's not how you achieve breakthroughs, right? You don't achieve breakthroughs by copying the competition. You achieve right. breakthroughs by thinking differently and, and by making unique connections and, and combining things that nobody else has combined before, coming with a fresh novel idea and then executing on that idea. And so, so I love this for, I love, I love your approach here. Love the content. We're going to dig into it. Uh, but you and I got to hang out when you were at, at Organifi and, yeah. and I quickly did see that you are a guy that thinks differently and you were able to push the envelope and, and 
And can you talk a little bit about what that experience was like? Because I know a lot of people know Organifi, but sure. you were you were there for years. What, what, what kind of what changed as you were there? Yeah, so I I got to Organifi. I mean, it's been been years. When I first got there. Now, right, I moved out to San Diego maybe five plus years ago to to work at Organifi. When I got there, we were about eighteen million in revenue, and um, some of the genesis of all this is on the my first week on the job, the CEO came to me and said. Um, that my goal was to grow the business to 100 million in revenue in 18 months, and we had to do that at either break even or profit. <laughs> right? No big deal. Hey, it's not. Right. It's not. This is just like you know, just put a pen in this or come back to it later. But yeah, 100 million dollars. Uh, so basically, that's more than 5x growth in 18 months. Oh, and yeah, yeah, you can't lose money. Uh, you got to do it. Yeah, break even or profit. <laughs> Yeah. Right. No, no, no problem. No problem. So, real, really aggressive goal. And when he first said it to me, I mean, it kind of was really disheartened. I'm like, I just moved across the country to take this job. That's not realistic. That's not the way these things work. Um, you know, you want both profit and massive growth at the same time. Um, you know, so I, I had some concerns about you know this opportunity, but I sat back and I thought about it for a couple of days. And where I landed was, I could do this. I could figure this out. And the way I was going to figure it out was thinking differently than everybody else. I was going to make it my mission to be more creative and find frameworks for unlocking creativity. And I, it set me off on this journey. And in fact, I did get the company to 100 million run rate in about 18 months. It was just more than eight, a little more than 18 months. But um, you know, I did actually get them there. And uh, I've been using these frameworks ever since uh, and kind of replicating that success. So... It, it was definitely a fun ride. I've got amazing friends uh, still working at Organifi. I left there about uh, two years ago, uh, but just it was great company, great friends uh, all the way around, really good experience. Yeah, and it really, it's a great product. Uh, we, we enjoyed, you know, MG got to, to work with you on some YouTube projects. I, I remember sitting yep. in your office and you were whiteboarding and talking about stuff. And it was like, it was okay. one of the most fun conversations I had, like like sketching out YouTube ideas. Uh, for campaigns and stuff. Sure. So yeah, yeah. What 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 a cool company. Glad our paths collided, and that was that was super fun. So you grew from 18 million a year to 100 million run rate, which is phenomenal. A lot of that was done by thinking differently. Because you're right. You either you got you got two options. You can either scale or you can be efficient, right? But you can't do both. Really uh, hard but, to do. Well, yeah. Like you maybe you can. Like there there's creative ways to to figure things out. So. Sure. Um, let's talk about this a little bit. You, you talk about thought patterns and thought yep. patterns that we have as entrepreneurs, as humans yep. that are limiting. Yep. So, so talk about that a little bit. What, what have you observed? Yeah. So this is interesting. So thought patterns, um, this is a really big blind spot that no one's paying attention to. So over time, we learn how to think efficiently, right? Our brains learn how to make, how to take shortcuts to get to the answers um, that we're seeking faster, right? And that's great. That helps us to multitask. It helps us to move a thousand miles an hour as entrepreneurs. Um, you know, it served us well. But at the same time, this is a really interesting area, which is it, it's a it's a blind spot that no one's paying attention to. So over time, um, we all learn how to think efficiently, right? The brain learns how to take shortcuts to get to answers faster. But um, We'll give you an example. So if you encounter a problem in your life and then you encounter a similar problem down the road, you've experienced something like that before, you're going to get to the solution to that problem much quicker, right? And so your your ability to short circuit getting to answers gets faster and faster and faster, but it also locks you into one way of thinking, one single approach in how you solve problems. 
So this is really good for efficient thinking. It's really good for multitasking and moving a thousand miles an hour, but it's the antithesis of creative thinking. And I'll give you an example it's, that's kind of interesting. So um, I have this, it's in one of my presentations, but it's a, it's a visual and I know we're on a podcast, so, so no one's looking at the visual, but it's, it's a heat map. And it's a heat map of how the eyes move on um, like an article uh, website. So think like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or whatever. We all know and understand the concept of banner blindness, right? right? And so what's happening when you look at this heat map is everyone is immediately going to the content. And the content, as we know, is on the left through the center of the page. Yep. And no one's looking at the top or right of the page because you've learned in the past, there's no content, there's no value there. Let's go right to where the value is. That's, that's your brain being efficient. Let's not waste time looking to the right and to the top. But when you're doing this in your business, when you're trying to solve problems, that might actually be where the creative solution is, right? So if you go to the, some new article website and the actual great answer you're looking for is on the right rail, you're never going to see it, right? right? You're blind to it. Yeah, it's, we're trained blind, to not look for that. Yeah, you're trained to not look for it. And you're not, look, you're not going out of your way not to look for it. You're going out of your way to be efficient and find the answers that you want. And what's blinding you to what other opportunities might exist. And so what it's really doing is it's locking you into one way of thinking having one single perspective and not having the ability to think different. And that, like, that's the case study I actually brought today. And if it's a good time, we can, we can jump into that now. Or yeah, let's do it. Let's go right to the case study and there'll be lots of follow-ups and stuff. So yeah, yeah, let, let's cool. lay it out there. Okay. So uh, for those that are going to watch this, I am going to do a screen share, but you got uh, this is going to be fine for just uh, uh, listeners as well. So let me just uh, pull that up. There we go. Okay. So what I'd like to teach are these case studies of people that have done something extraordinary, something different that had extraordinary results. And sometimes I'm profiling, you know, famous business leaders like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk. And sometimes for people you've never heard of. Um, in this case, we're going to profile a gentleman by the name of uh, Franklin, Franklin Leonard. And Franklin Leonard was the founder of a company called the Hollywood Blacklist. And the Hollywood Blacklist is a collection of some of the most successful movies that were ever produced out of the rejections of all the major studios. Like this is a guy who is nice. really thinking Love different. that concept. Right? Love that concept. So what his job was in Hollywood is he was a script reader. Now, I don't know what that job title actually is, but he would read scripts all day long, eight hours a day. And you know, I don't know how many scripts they can get through in a day, but you know, very monotonous job. And he's looking for that needle in a haystack, right? He wants that one movie he can pass on to his boss and hopefully they'll you know, buy this script and fund the movie and, and make the film. And his, his goal was, how can I find more high quality scripts in a more efficient manner? And the genius in what this guy did is he found a creative solution that was in the trash bin of all the major studios. Nice. And so what we need to know or the, the problem that we're, we really want to overcome here is studios have been making decisions on what scripts to, to green light, you know, which, which movies to fund and produce. They were making these decisions on the wrong criteria or very limited criteria, I should say. And so for some of the reasons they would- Their, their version of banner blindness, right? They, they, yeah. had, they, were, they were viewing movies through this certain lens and only doing what was successful before. So yeah. it, was, it was that that translation there. You fully yeah. nailed it, right? It's, it's, they, this is, there's one way to do it. There's only one way to do it. And now we're blind to other approaches. So it's exactly right. So the criteria they were using to um, decide which movies to greenlight were things like if a script comes in with a star actor attached, like if Brad Pitt's attached to a script, the odds of it getting made obviously oh. are much higher. 
Um, the genre of the film is going to matter because some genres make more, you know, comedies, you know, versus drama, whatever. Some make more than others. Um, they would evaluate the script if it's going to do well in foreign markets. Is this going to translate overseas and in another language? And of course, what they really want is, is this movie going to have a sequel, right? Can we, can we follow it up with another movie if it's successful? So this is the criteria that they were using. And so what Franklin wanted to know is, what are the favorite scripts that didn't meet these criteria from these other movie studios that were being rejected, but yet they were really high quality scripts? And so back in the early 2000s, I think the number was 12. I think there was 12 major studios back at that point in time, Universal, MGM, and so forth. And so what he did is he went around and he took an anonymous survey of his friends that were also script writers at the other studios and other executives at these, at these movie studios. And he asked them to give him a list of the 10 favorite movies that they had rejected or passed on in the nice. last year. And he simply tallied Super up the smart. list, right? Which, which of these movies got the most votes went to the top of the list, regardless of how everyone ranked them you know, individually. And so, so if the same movie was on multiple lists, a so multiple rejection list, but it was still like the favorite of those rejected, those yep. went to the top of his list. Exactly right. And it didn't matter if like, if everyone listed a movie one versus two, that was irrelevant. It's just a total cumulative score. Yep. Exactly right. And so the blacklist is a summary of these 10, you know, were the movies that were most voted on by the executives. Now, remember, these movies had been rejected by every single major studio. So here's the results. Fast forward to today. Over 400 of these movies that were absolutely Damn. dead, 400 have been made into movies. Wow. Now let's look at the quality. Sorry, what, what type? I know you just said, what time period is this again? Oh, well, to today, right? So it started in 2005 and now- 2005 to today. Still, but today. still, 400 yeah. movies over- 400 yeah, movies. Well, so none of these ever were made into movies. 300 of them were nominated for an Academy Award. So this is showing you they were high wow. quality scripts, right? They were missing on high quality scripts. 54 of these movies actually won an Academy Award. And four of the last 10 pictures came from the Hollywood blacklist. <laughs> they never would have been made. So those four movies are Slumdog Millionaire, King's Speech, Spotlight. You know what's funny? That was the Parker. movie that came to mind first when you said it was Slumdog Millionaire because it's such a beautiful story, Yep. but it does not fit any, it doesn't fit any mold. So that, that's, that's so cool that that was one of them. Yeah. That's exactly right. Right. So those four movies, Argo was the last one. They never would have seen the light of day. In fact, they were rejected, right? These were turned down by all 12 major studios. What revived them was the blacklist. So in Cume, 440 scripts have been produced into movies, making over $30 billion in revenue. Wow. Now, here's the hero slide. Harvard Business School actually did a research study around the blacklist, and they said movies from the Hollywood blacklist generated 90% more revenue <laughs> than non-listed films with a similar budget. So not only are these higher quality as far as you know getting accolades and Academy Awards or high quality scripts they were passing on, right? 75% of them get... Um, nominated for Academy Awards, so high quality stuff, but yet they're earning 90% more at the box office. Like they've been, what it tells you is Hollywood's been evaluating films incorrectly for the last 100 years. They got locked in that thought pattern. There's only one way to do it. And you right. kind of nailed it just a moment ago, Brett, is it's, it's, a, it's almost a two layer effect here. Number one, we get locked into a single way of thinking, one perspective. There's only one way to view things, right? That's our thought pattern. But then when you work at a big company, they give you the way that they do business and they then force on you, this is the way it's been successful in the past and there's no other way to view it. So it's a layering effect there where you really, it's, it becomes impossible to think creatively. 
right? So to be different, to think creatively, you have to learn how to break these thought patterns. And that's something that I, I really like to, to teach. And we'll go through one example here um, that, that basically, you know, Franklin Leonard is teaching us, which is I like to teach people how to approach achieving, you know, how to overcome the problems in your business or how to achieve these aggressive growth goals from different angles, altitudes, and directions. In his case, right, Leonard's case, he was taking the opposite approach, the inverse approach or the reverse approach to what everyone else was doing. By doing the opposite, he's getting these big outsized returns, right? So that's the opportunity. How do we think differently from everybody else? Let's think in different directions. I want to teach people how they can see what they don't and your competitors can't, right? We're blind to this stuff. And it's, it's shocking at how blind we are. When people go through my masterclass, we do a bunch of puzzles and it is ridiculous how like adults can't solve these puzzles, uh, but yet kids can solve them like that. Kids are far more creative and imaginative than adults because they're not stuck in the thought patterns that we are. It's just, it's crazy, right? So I like to teach people how to think differently to scale businesses up to nine figures and beyond. So like, what's, let's do a couple, uh, we'll do two more quick examples of this. So who else took the inverse approach and did really well with it, right? Well, how about the Yahoo Google fight, which now fast forward today is going to be the Google chat GPT fight or AI fight, right? But back in the nineties, Yahoo was the most trafficked website on the planet, right? 125 billion in market value. And we all know what the Yahoo homepage looks like. There's a million things going on there. There's probably 40 different links that you can click before you even scroll below the fold. Um, and here comes Google with their very clean interface and only one single thing to do, type in the search bar. And Google just cleans their clock, right? They take the opposite approach and just bury Yahoo. Google's current market share is 85% for search versus Yahoo's 3%. And remember that valuation Yahoo. Yahoo was valued at 125 billion. They sold to Verizon for just 5 billion a couple years ago, where Google's valued at a trillion. Right? Wow. So they're taking wow. the opposite approach and getting extraordinary results. And that's um, that's also playing out right now, right, right in front of us with AI and Chat GPT and all the competitors rolling out. You know, ver you know, compare when you look at Google compared to Chat GPT, right? I typed into a search, which is on the screen for those watching, is you know, what are the best things to do do in New York City into Google? And we get what we always get, right? We get a bunch of ads, we get a bunch of blogs, we get a bunch of articles that we got to navigate our way through the junk, the good, the bad, sift through research versus I throw that same question into ChatGPT and I just, it gives me 10 recommendations of what to do in New York City and they're all great. They're exactly what you would expect. Not only is it telling me to go to the 9-11 Memorial and Statue of Liberty, but it tells me to see a show and gives me restaurant recommendations. Go eat here, right? Like it's, it's, so this, this is yet to be fully played out, but it's certainly a different approach of the yeah. way things can happen. Right? It's going to be really interesting to watch that, to watch that play out. I, I do okay. think they're, they're, you know, I, and I'm a little bit of, a little bit biased because I'm a Google guy and our business is somewhat built on Google. As am I. Uh, eventually someone's going to take some of their market share, no question about it. Uh, but there's still times where you know, if I'm searching for a product or searching for something, like I want, I want to use Google and not chat GPT. I don't want just text. I want visuals and other things, but for Dude, sure, the, the AI revolution and the, and the progress that's being made and the speed at which it's improving, it's it's crazy stuff. And, you know, Google's feeling the heat for sure. Well, the speed um, is it, incredible because when I was playing yeah. around with ChatGPT around, you know, the holidays, December-ish, the results I was getting out weren't very good. 
And yeah. where it is today, obviously, we're all getting better at training the AI, and the AI itself is getting better. Oh my gosh, the results are spectacular, and it's just a couple yeah. of months later. It, it's so, insane. It's insane. And one, I want to kind of highlight one thing too. Sure. That I think we'll, we'll add to the comparison between Yahoo and and Google. You know, Yahoo is yeah very traditional. Let's sell banners. Let's but let's make the banners better, and let's make them more interrupting, and then let's you know just it's native ads and stuff, which which all work. That's fine. Sure. But, you know, Google's thing back in the day was, hey, what if a good ad is just an answer to a question? There you go. And that's that's what they built the business on, really, right? Well, it was, you know, organizing the world's information, but making an ad just the answer to the question and making it the right answer. And different way of thinking unlocked immense value there and great user experience. And really, they, to a large degree, they just earned that 85% mark, mark. I know there are some 100%. people that may disagree and stuff like that, but people want to use Google and that's that's why it's happened. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we'll do we'll do one more example of someone kind of following this inverse reverse logic or, or thought plot pattern that or thinking that uh Franklin Leonard did. And so this is an example is, is Blank Street Coffee. It's um it's a coffee chain in New York, so probably only people living in New York will have heard of it. But they're taking the opposite approach to the big boys, who obviously is Starbucks. So what they're taking is a very small, efficient approach. They are starting with um, their square footage. So the typical Starbucks is going to be 1,500 to 2,000 square feet, where these are little micro stores. These are like 350 square feet for Blank Street Coffee. Um, or there are even these food trucks, like the taco trucks we all know. It's a mini taco truck. It's like that. It's it's almost like a VW kind of old school seventies VW bug kind of yeah, truck. Yeah, looks very small. Yeah. yeah, they're tiny, and what they're doing is just giving you a great product that costs less, and it, it's a different experience, right? Starbucks is saying, "Come in and sit down in our living room and spend the day," and these guys are saying, "Nope, no, move on with your day. We're just going to give you a great cup of coffee." So they're automating the process of making a coffee, which is cheaper for them. So they then can pay their employees even more. They're paying 20 bucks an hour, which Holy is way above minimum wage. $28 and, an hour for yeah. the coffee shop. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. But you need that if you're going to live in New York City, for sure. Of course. Um, and then their coffees, on average, is about 30, 25% less expensive than Starbucks. So it's a value. This company's growing really fast. They've raised $80 million. They've opened 40 different stores. But here's the key um, for, for Blank Street. These stores turn profitable within 30 days of launch. No way. What retail store have you ever heard of turning profitable no. in 30 days of launch? No way. Right? 30 so they're days. taking the opposite approach and crushing the big guy. I mean, they're not crushing Starbucks's back, obviously, but they're they're doing a right. great job. And no Starbucks is turning a profit in 30 days, right? So Scott Galloway says when something is successful, everyone else piles in, right? The yeah. copy culture stuff that I rail against. Um, but this creates the opportunity for someone else to come in and take the opposite approach. So instead of always thinking, how do we copy the next guy? I want people innovating. I want people thinking creatively. How do we actually think different? And this is one way to do it. How do we think in different directions? Come up with the inverse approach. And I actually just had a big win for myself on this. So just in teaching, I, you know, I have this masterclass, Liquid Mind Masterclass, and I was thinking about how do I market and grow this program? And I came up with a very cool idea. I'm actually building a case study around it um, right now. So I won't reveal the answer on this one, but people can get it on my email list and it's a case study that's going to come up. But it's the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And what it's landing me is the opportunity to speak in front of my exact target audience, which is you know CEOs and founders of digital brands, e-commerce companies, right? Anywhere between a million and a hundred million plus. And I'm getting in front of these 
opportunities to speak to these founders, anywhere from about 100 in the room all the way up to 1,000 in the room. And this is not through any traditional way you can think of. This is not me going to a conference. This is not me going to a mastermind. This is not me on a podcast. This is something new. And so I, I'm having this really good win on it. Now I'm documenting it as I go. Dude, now I'm totally share curious. Now, now you, you got to tell me this after the podcast. No, no, no. I'll share it with you now for sure. But then we'll, we'll uh, for, the, for everyone else, they can join my email list. It's you know free to get on it. So this case study we're going through now, I produce two or three of these a month. And um, just get on the email list and I'll, I'll um, you know, I'll put them, put them on the distribution for it. So they can just go to liquidmindmasterclass.com forward slash join, J-O-I-N, just join. And that's just free opt into the email list. And then you'll get these case studies. And even this one will come out as a, you know, you'll see the video recording of this case study. So Sweet. anyway, really interesting and just a good, it's just one practical way that I can teach people, how do you think creatively? How do you think differently? Okay, well, here's a practical way to do it. Yeah, I love that. And it's all linked to that in the in the show notes, but it's it's liquidmindmasterclass.com forward slash join. So check that out. But yeah, I, so I love this because, you know, we, we want to, there's this old saying, and I, I agree with it, that success leaves clues, um. right? And so when you see someone who's successful or a company who's successful, you say, well, what are, what are the clues? Well, the most obvious thing is, well, we just do what they did, right? Let's let's offer more products at lower prices or whatever. But maybe that's not the answer, right? And one of the things, um, you know, we uh, where I live in Southwest Missouri, we're like an hour forty five from the Walmart headquarters, so Northwest Arkansas is not too far. And you know, one of the innovations that Walmart had was instead of so so this this you know great service at the time, whatever low prices and stuff. But rather than going to all the major cities where everybody else was, they're they're their pro- their approach was let's go to small small towns that sure. are being underserved small towns that everyone else is overlooking yeah and and that's really where Arkansas or that's really where Arkansas is where they're from but that's where Walmart really gained a competitive edge right so I, I I do I do like this idea of yeah what if what if I did the opposite so here's what everybody else is doing success leaves clues but what if I did the opposite is there something in that it's, really just, it's got with the speed of technology. Right. And, and the speed at which we all move today to be successful, to compete on these platforms, I feel like you almost, everyone just seems like you have to steal from everybody else. How are they doing it? Let's borrow theirs, right? What's their upsell flow? What's their bundling and pricing strategy? Let's just borrow, borrow, borrow. Whereas if you can just slow down and be creative, you'll put such distance between you and your competitors. It's ridiculous. So the way I think about it is the leverage points of a business. Um, and I have a slide on this in one of my presentations, but you know, I probably throw 20 of these leverage points on a slide. Like, like I just said, subscription programs, bundling, pricing, copywriting, video ads, whatever. Um, there's probably 50 to 75 of these leverage points in any D2C business. But if you can stop an 80-20 those and then get creative around the ones with the highest impact, you'll put such distance between you and everybody else because everyone else is being lazy and just copy. So right. being creative is actually the competitive advantage. So that's that's what I'm really after. Yeah, I, I love that, and and it, it is true. Like most of your competitors, all they're doing is copying everybody else, and that's the, those are the conversations that are taking place in marketing meetings and CEO level meetings of the C suite and other companies are just, just copying what everybody else is doing, right? And so yeah, there's a yeah, weird thing with that. We like you do want something. Like, there, it always validates a bit to go, oh, someone really impressive. You know, um, you know, everyone wants to copy some of the models from like Dr. Squatch has done so phenomenally yeah. well and yeah. Manscaped has the amazing ads, right? And so everyone just wants to copy, copy, copy. But, you know, it's 
you can't copy everything and be successful. Just because it speaks to their audience doesn't mean it's going to speak to yours. And I feel right. like it's the movie the movie example I was just giving in Hollywood where it gives you cloud cover to say, well, that's what they're doing, so we should do it. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah, it's the mean safe, it's, it's the safe thing where you say, well, yeah. this formula's worked before. I mean, Tom, yeah. you know, all the other Tom Cruise movies sell. Yeah. So if we get him on this movie, it'll, it'll, it'll do great. Sure. But, you know, what's also, what's so great, and I'm so glad you, you shared that example. I did not know about the Hollywood blacklist. So, yeah. so I definitely learned that that's a new perspective for me. But, you know, he didn't just say, like, give me all your garbage, right? Give me all the trash movies. But what he identified was that he believed the model was wrong. He that's believed it. the way Hollywood was looking at it was wrong. But he knew... There was some gold buried in the 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 scrap pile, right? That's and so right. he's like, "Hey, what are your favorites? Tell tell me the ones you rejected because you had to because your model's broken, even though I probably didn't say that. Uh, but what were your favorites?" And he started there, and so really a smart approach, yeah, because um, it's looking for looking for things that everybody else is missing. You know? Yeah, exactly, right. If you actually put just a little bit of creative thinking time in each week. Um, why can't you come up with a two-degree shift on a subscription program that's better than anyone else in your industry? You, know, you don't have to... We're not talking about inventing the iPhone, right? But how can you make a two-degree shift that is better than everybody else? And yeah. if you can just get into this process of thinking, it, the results are spectacular. So I actually do some work with a company called Size Advisory, and they've got a venture capital arm out of Silicon Valley, and they'll bring me in to consult and do growth marketing for some of their portfolio companies. And what I am doing behind the scenes is I'm bringing this framework. I'm looking at the leverage points of their business, and then I'm looking for the creative opportunities to accelerate them past uh, their competitors. Because invariably, when I go to meetings at other companies, if they're looking at a website redesign, if they're looking at their funnel, if they're looking at their ad copy, the meeting always starts the same way. Well, this is what our biggest competitor is doing. How do we copy that? Yeah. But it's, it's the way every meeting goes in these companies. And right? these are really and smart people, right? Yeah. And they are very smart people, really talented people. And the like any of the companies that, that Size is advising, these are incredibly you know, well-funded, talented, smart right. brands. But I'm telling you, the meetings almost always start with, we need a new XYZ funnel strategy, and this is how the competitor is doing it. Let's build off, you know, build from there. And it's just, it always ends up being full and you know, emulating what everyone else is doing. So um, I'm okay to look for inspiration in those places, but yeah. then innovate on top of it. And a good you know, first step for that is let's think about uh, thinking in different directions. Yeah. And, and I remember hearing this quote, I think it's maybe from Jim Collins or, or Jim Collins references this, but it says, you know, like w w one thing that's worse than failing is succeeding and not knowing why you succeeded. Really? Right. So, so there's, there's like the success that was created, but you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I did. It just happened. Right. And I think yeah. sometimes when we look at other companies, we we see, oh, they're really successful at, a, at attracting new customers or or their margins are great or whatever. And so we we copy something, but that wasn't really what made them successful, right? Yeah, we don't right. we don't understand. I think what's what's key there is understanding why is this company so successful and what are the elements in that that I should maybe learn from or implement and what are the what are the elements that I should do the opposite because there's more opportunity in the opposite right I think sometimes we make assumptions as to why people are successful and then we're going down the, the wrong uh, path so yeah and you're that's really interesting because I've definitely worked with some companies who have some spectacular marketing that people love and whether I'm in a mastermind with them or you know maybe I was advising them um, as a consultant 
But you go in and I'm now working with maybe their head of growth or head of creative and there's shockingly little there. And what that shows is what you just said is their secret sauce was actually something else. Maybe they just had the perfect product market fit. Right. Or the absolute perfect tagline or the absolute perfect name. You know, Liquid IV, the most genius name ever, right? In, those, in, in that one word, if, it's, if that's considered one word, I'm not sure, Liquid IV. But, yeah. you know, what, I've, what I get from that is it's hospital grade, which means it's premium. Right. And it's and a like hydration instant, instant hydration, get all the everything you need, just like get an IV, what you're drinking. Yeah, it, it, that, that is a brilliant name. Genius. It's absolute genius, right? And so there could be other reasons for the success, like you're pointing out. Um, and so, I'm, yeah, I've, I've actually got it into these companies and I looked under the hood and I'm like, wow, that's, that's not where the competitive advantage is. So right. um, it's just really interesting. And sometimes, you know, maybe they're just outsourcing all of it to an agency. They definitely have, there's some magic somewhere for these companies to be scaling. But they, they, there's the there's is, some unfair it, advantage somewhere in the business there that, that's allowed it to happen. But to your point is, if you're just emulating everything, uh, that yeah. may not be where the, you might be copying the wrong things, right? Yeah, so you're totally. Out, you're... And, and I love the examples you gave of, of Squatch and Manscaped and shout out to Raindrop and Jock Spitzer and the, and the oh, gang yeah. that, you know, they helped create those ads or did create those ads. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're fantastic. But then you look at something like, is it, is it, uh, what, what's Ryan Reynolds' mobile company that just sold to T-Mobile for like- Oh, Mint. Mint. Mint, Yeah. So his ads are the opposite, and yes, they he, obviously they lean. He leans into Ryan Reynolds as a celebrity and instant trust and stuff, but they're like the most simple ads ever. And yeah. he kind of tongue in cheek talks about how simple these ads are, right? Sure. So that you can't just look at it and say, "Well, we got to be funny like Doctor Squatch," or "No, we have to be really simple like Mint Mobile." Well, like, but why? Why are you doing that? You know, with Mint, it totally lines up with we're no frills, we're super cheap. It's all you know, and then we're leaning into the credibility of Ryan Reynolds. Um, so yeah, so why are you doing it? Yep. What's the strategy here? What is this unlocking? What is your competitive advantage? Because otherwise you're just copying and who, who knows what kind of results you're going to get. So Creative unlocks. Um, Looking for the yep. creative unlocks. That's what we want. Yeah. So so any tips and, and we're, we're about out of time and I want to, you know, hopefully people are like, dude, I got to know more about Liquid Mind. And so we'll yeah. talk about sure. that in just, a, in just a second. But in any other, in any tips or tools like how do I know that I maybe am locked into a thought pattern? Or how do I know that I'm not thinking creatively enough? Any, or, or maybe we should just all assume you're not thinking creatively enough, right? I am locked in patterns. But, but any, any, any tips or suggestions there? Yeah, so I can, I can you know, cut to the end of the, of the book or movie on this one. Uh, you are thinking in thought patterns. We all are. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's human it, nature, right? Yeah, it's human nature. And it, look, it's served us very well. It's it's why we're successful to begin with is we figured out, um, we, we have pattern recognition. We figure out the patterns and we shortcut our learning. It's It serves us really well in general. It's just the antithesis of creative thinking. So we are thinking in thought patterns. What I'm trying to uncover, and I do in a lot of the presentations I'll give from stage is, um, I try to give people some unlocks to really show them just how blind we are, like the visual that's not in front of us of the um, um, the banner blindness, right? It's just a it's just a representation that we just get locked in one way of viewing things. Like this is what you need to understand: we get locked into viewing things from one single perspective, whereas a second person. It's why it's really helpful. Like if a third, you know, a third party expert gets dropped in your company, and it's why like if an outside consultant gets dropped in, like I get dropped in sometimes. They immediately see something just so obvious and so simple right. that everyone we do, we else misses. It. And you're just like, holy, how do we miss that one? Right? Yeah. And it's just because you get so stuck in your way of thinking. 
um, you just can't see the right, you just can't see the other opportunities. And all it takes are these unlocks to say, oh my gosh, well then once I break free of the thought pattern, you're no longer blind. Um, and so that's, that's why I build it. These just kind of step-by-step -step frameworks. Um, so yeah, I do that through okay. my, my masterclass, uh, which is, is a formal training. I teach it live to founders of, um, you know, D2C brands and e-commerce companies. And, uh, you know, I teach on stage, uh, a fair amount, uh, you know, going to Blue Ribbon, as you mentioned in a, a month or two here, uh, down in Puerto Rico. And then, um, I produce these case studies. So those are free. So if you like the material we covered here today, I'll produce two or three of these case studies a month. Not, not all of them go public. Some are for my um, innovation group. But um, the public ones, you know, I will send out one to two every month over email to those on my list. So, um, awesome. so if you want to learn more, just, just, just get the, go to the join um, section on the website. So just liquid my masterclass forward slash join. Awesome. Um, so I want to I want to talk about the kind of these life cohorts, the training and stuff that you do. So we'll talk about that in a second. But how, like, how do you find these case studies? Are you just, are you like trained now where, where you see a good idea like that? It just immediately resonates. Or are you like, how are you finding these, these great examples? So actually I go, I'm going very deep into content. And so I'm always trying to think differently than everybody else. And one pattern that I do see happening now today is people not going nearly as deep, right? They TikTok, right? Everyone's moving towards TikTok. Um, you know, I know some brands that are turning out 100 plus TikTok videos a month, which is just blows my mind. Like when you and I work together um, with Organifi or other similar brands, um, you know, we were working, we were talking actually uh, just about a month ago about a brand. Uh, yeah. But at the peak of any of these I've ever worked for, you know, 10 to 20 videos a month, max. Totally. Yeah. Right. And, and that was those a things lot. can have alt openings, alt closings, and hooks and chop it up in different ways. But you're talking 10, 20. So now people are churning out 100 videos a month. And of course, you can you know hire talent, UGC, and all that. But my my point is, they're not going deep on the content. It's all surface level. And so I'm going the other way. I want all my content to be very deep, very well thought out, very tried and tested, right? Like I, in this particular example, I have used this thought process to great success. So much so, I'm building an entire case study on it. Um, so uh, I I don't have an answer as to how I come across them, other than I devour content the way everyone else does. I listen to a ton of books, a ton of podcasts. I go to a lot of masterminds and, and all the like, but because my brain now is in this space of trying to think differently, of thinking creatively, I do very quickly find out who, you know, who's doing something different, yeah. whether it's people you know or you don't know. So I actually have two case studies coming up with people you almost certainly have never heard of before. Um, one, she's a best-selling author, but it's it's a book on sugar-free living, um, and her book was number one on the or in the top uh, of the charts. I don't know if it's actually number one in South Africa and in um, England. So um, she's very smart and she's very accomplished, but she's not a household name. But she's done something different and extraordinary that we all can learn from, right? So I'm just finding people that I can profile and and. Somewhere where I take inspiration, oh, I'm going to incorporate that in my way of doing business, and then I build a case study around it. Yeah, that's awesome, and and I, and I love the comparison, and I, I think this will tie in nicely. Yeah, you, you get the TikTok uh, machine, which who knows if it'll be banned or not, or or, or whatnot. But it's it's huge, it's hot, but it, it is a content. It's an insatiable beast, right? Like you got to yep. keep feeding it content, uh, or you look at something like. YouTube, where where I've got some friends who are, who are pretty large on YouTube, and it's more about 
fewer pieces of content, doing them really well. High quality. And they're just going to get better over time. They're going to get more views, more traction. You know, they're going to uh, explode over time potentially. So very different model, no right or wrong, but it's like, nah, I, I don't want to be this content factory. I want to do fewer pieces of content and succeed. And one thing, one concept I want to throw out, I'm just curious if you're familiar with this or not, but it's the idea of a, what's called a reticular activator. And I wonder sure. if you've like got this triggered working for you. So the idea behind it, have you heard this term before? Well, sure. Yep. Yeah. So it's like your name is probably the most powerful reticular activator. And that's where if you're in a room and there's tons of noise, you could hear when someone's like, well, you, yep. you, you hear it, right? Sure. Or you go to buy a vehicle and, you know, I just bought my wife a forerunner not long ago. And so red car. now I see every forerunner on the road, right? Yeah. And it wasn't that they weren't there before and now suddenly they are there. It's just that my subconscious is looking for this. It's looking for this pattern. It's exactly. And so, so I think you've probably trained your brain to start looking for these, for these breakthroughs. That's exactly right. And now can we take some of those lessons and put them to use for us? That is yeah. actually one of the case studies. Uh, I have not actually built that one yet, but that is actually on my outline to do. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, it's, yeah. it's the, it, the example is like you're in a really loud, crowded restaurant and it's, you, know, you, you can't hear anything than the person who's sitting directly across right. from you. But all of a sudden someone, you know, a hundred feet away in a corner says your name at a very low tone. You're still going to pick it up. You hear it. Yeah. It's it just so fascinating the way the yeah. subconscious mind yeah, works. Yeah, the mind for will sure. pick that stuff up. So yeah, yeah. The, it's it's breaking, literally breaking through the noise. Um, and so those are the concepts. When I come across those, I'm like, there you go. That's that's yeah. something I want to explore deeply and use to my benefit. You're, this is exactly the kind of material I love to teach. Yep. Love it. Love it. Well, I am super excited about uh, hanging out in Puerto Rico and hearing yeah. the full talk and maybe sit poolside or something. That'll be super fun. So so uh, uh, tell everybody, so if, if you were listening, like, hey, I want to go through one of the live trainings, the live cohort. That's all at liquidmindmasterclass.com Oh, yeah, as well. I, I didn't mention this. So, um, you know, I do offer the, it's a six-week, um, six-hour, you know, one-hour a week, six-week um, masterclass um, that I give, uh, the first section, I'll actually give a train for free. So, it's not recorded. Again, thinking differently, I don't do anything recorded. Um, everything I do, well, that's not true. My case Except studies are recorded, yeah. but um, that's more because they're going to end up on YouTube and that's just the, the, the content engine. But when I'm teaching, I teach live. And when I'm uh, teaching the masterclass, I teach the masterclass live. And now why would I do that? Well, what's the what's the uh, completion rate? G give me a guess because you'll, you'll get close if not nail it. What's the online uh, completion rate for an online course? Oh, it's got to be like, what, 10% or something? It's like five yeah. to seven, yeah. yeah so five yeah. to 7%. The online completion rate of the Liquid Mind Masterclass, it's 97%. Wow. And no nice. one drops out. Maybe, and, but I'm teaching it live. Same thing. It's, it's, there's a concept there that's related to like, you know, a personal trainer at a gym, right? If the personal trainer is waiting for you, you're good. Like, that's why the reason you hire a trainer. You're Look, paying for it. You know they're waiting on you. You're going. You're going. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and that's that's part of it. So I do teach it all live. I teach it in small groups. Uh, it's all it's almost all founders, you know, a million to 100 million and um, yeah, so I teach section one for free. That you can get on the homepage. There's a little, just a little button on the homepage if you want um, to go through section one for free. Or if you just want to get on the email list and get those case studies, um, again, they come out one to two a month, but that's just forward slash join to get to those uh, case studies. But yeah, uh, other than that, you'll see me um, floating around at various masterminds or on stage. And, um, you know, yeah, Puerto Rico's going to be great down there for Blue Ribbon. Yeah, dude, you're you're hitting the circuit and and doing it in a unique way, which I can't wait to learn about and learn learn your ways on that. But yeah, you're I'm hearing your name pop up all over the place, which is which is awesome. So, 
We'll link to everything in the show notes. Do check that out. At a minimum, get those case studies, but also consider the master class as well. Uh, but Will Hughes, ladies and gentlemen, Will, thanks Hi, for joining us. Tons you, of fun, and we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, it's great to see you. Absolutely. Look forward to hanging out soon. All right, man. Really appreciate it. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We'd love to hear more from you. What would you like to hear more of on the show? Give us some feedback. If you've not done it already, leave us that review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. And, and hey, it, it makes my day. And so with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on resources and guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.